Welcome back, everybody, to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. I'm Chris Witt. With me, as always, Mr. Adam Schmidt, both pens in hand. Adam, how are you today? Extraordinary. How are you? Uh, if I was any better, I'd be you. You know what? I'm doing extra good today. There's two things today. Number one, uh, I would I would like to say this is a, a big day for the Nosebleed Sports Podcast as we are officially on iHeartRadio. You can officially find us on iHeartRadio. Next stop, podcast of the year. <laughs> I hope so. It would be cool to even just be invited to the iHeartRadio oh, Music Awards yeah. or whatever it is. Um, it's the podcast. They have a specific the podcast. podcast awards. Awards. Right. I don't want to go to their music awards. That's too many music. fancy people. I don't have shoes that I can wear or <laughs> something like that. So you have, come on, you have funeral and wedding shoes. Nah, man, no, I don't. Come on, I don't. I've been to probably too many funerals with you and many, many, many weddings with you. And they're all just my regular dress shoes that I wear every single day and they're dirty and <laughs> not clean. I ain't got nothing. I, I ain't got no gator boots. I ain't got nothing good for <laughs> You ain't got no gator boots? I ain't got no gator boots. <laughs> Although I bought this new suit for a wedding uh, a couple months ago. Blue, right? Sean John blue thing. Hey. Oh, looking pretty. And they had some blue shoes that went with it. Oh, you have to get blue gators with that. If it's Sean could, John, you nah, kidding me? You went, have they to weren't get blue gators. gators. They were like suede. Okay. I couldn't touch that's, them. I couldn't do it. I tried to touch them. It was too hot. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do it. It was too yeah, hot. I feel you. Couldn't pull the trigger. Is what it is. Anyway, besides the congratulations to that, you can find us on iHeartRadio now, as well as every other platform Thursday mornings. Uh, Obviously, 10.30, if you're hitting us up right now, we are on the no, uh, on the Facebook Live, Nosebleed Sports on Facebook. Follow us, uh, friend us, watch us live at 10.30-ish every Wednesday. But don't worry, if you miss it, it's out every Thursday on your favorite platform. Wherever you can find and any now, podcast. And now, yeah, iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and billions of others. Um, so besides congratulations to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast for getting on iHeartRadio, I also would like to congratulate to start things off the New Orleans Pelicans coming from behind, making Knicks fans miserable, and getting the number one pick in the NBA draft. I'm so excited about this. This just throws the entire NBA offseason through a loop. Everybody thought they had they had their ideas of what was going to happen. You know, Zion's going to the Knicks, KD's going and Kyrie's going and this guy's going and this guy's going, Clay's going over here. Now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, the New Orleans Pelicans have the number 1 pick and a a previous number 1 pick that no longer wants to be there. That's correct. A lot of good, a lot of crazy things can happen at this point. The New Orleans Pelicans had a six percent chance of landing that number one uh, spot in the draft, and everybody's upset. Uh, specifically, New York Knicks fans are so upset. And you, I, you know, we saw a lot of videos and and sound clips and stuff of <laughs> of New York Knicks fans acting like they were owed the first pick in the draft. The Knicks fans. What did you expect? They're Knicks fans. When they when they so they ended up with the third pick. When they got to the fourth pick and it was not them, there are videos of Knicks fans celebrating like they like like Patrick Ewing just made a buzzer beating shot in game seven of the 
uh, 94, was it 94? I think the 94 finals to beat the Rockets. That didn't happen. The Rockets won. But, exactly. But <laughs> that's how they were celebrating. And then five seconds later, they were <laughs> they drew the uh. number three pick. And people were collapsing onto the floor, heads in hands. Just I I, st- I didn't see it. I didn't watch it because I'm going to tell you the the thing that I that gets on my nerves more than anything in the world are drafts. The NBA draft is probably the only one that's actually halfway meaningful because you there's only two rounds and those guys probably are going to play for you and well at least the first round first guy yeah. uh, and most and a lot of the second round guys are going to play and do something on your team. In the NFL and Major League Baseball, it's a bunch of garbage, and and that probably won't even make the team ever. So, besides that, uh, I didn't see it. So, how did this work? Did they did they start from like five? I mean, you would think all your ping pong balls go in the basket, right? Like they would pick the first pick first. They started they started with number fourteen. So that it's it's the first fourteen. Um, they started with that one. So could the did the Knicks have a chance in that, or do they not have any ping pong balls in that rotation? No, as far as I know, everybody has a chance. The top fourteen have a chance. All right. So, so then, why wouldn't they do the number one pick first? So everybody's got you know the Knicks would have thirty five ping pong balls in there. The the Grizz would have thirty five, and and or Phoenix would have thirty, and then it would be less and less balls as it goes down. You would think they would pick one first. I'll be honest with you. I'm not a hundred percent sure exactly how they how they work it, and they changed it this year anyway. They at least sure. changed the odds because they're trying to find a way, and maybe they still need to tweak it a little bit. But they're trying to find a way to deter teams from tanking, right? So right. you had three teams: uh, the Knicks, Cavs, and Suns, all with the same percentage chance, all with fourteen percent, right? Um, and then you had Chicago next to 12 and a half and then Atlanta at 10 and a half. Then you had Washington, New Orleans and Memphis or sorry, Washington at nine and then New Orleans, Memphis and Dallas with six. Then you had Minnesota, the Lakers and then Charlotte, Miami and Sacramento all had a one percent chance to get that first pick. So they're trying to even out the odds a little bit enough so that if you end up the the bottom three, one of the bottom three teams in the league, you may not get that. I mean, they, you know, yeah. your best chance was 14%. That's an 86% chance that you do you not do not get, get it. Exactly. Set. So <laughs> I like, I like it. I'm, 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 it's getting better. It's getting better. And this is the thing, like, look at this at new Orleans and Memphis. Neither of those two were in, were one of those bottom three. And New York, Cleveland and Phoenix were, had the three best chances. You had um, Phoenix get the five uh sorry let me cleveland got the number five and phoenix got the number six right i believe so um you know those teams fell back further than they were expecting the lakers were higher than they memphis got the number two pick so they were a lot higher and of course new orleans who had a six percent chance to win the number one spot they won that spot obviously uh the favorite is Zion Williamson to be the number one sure. pick. But is he now it, so so all right. So first off, I want to say this. New York fans are crying. They got third. Poor them. They're gonna end up with RJ Barrett at yes. this point in time, who yes, was the number one player 
thought to be in this draft when the college basketball season started, and he was probably better than advertised, mm-hmm. and yet now he's going to be the third. So, yeah, guess what? You're still okay. It's going to be all right. Zion Williamson is a, just uh, an out-of-this-world athlete. R.J. Barrett, most people say, is the more polished basketball player at this point. Sure. So he, you know, he's going to be – he'll probably be ready to help you faster than Zion Williamson will be. Zion's ceiling is probably higher, but R.J. Barrett is probably the most ready. Um, and, yeah, certainly as long as New Orleans does do what everybody thinks they're going to do and take Zion Williamson, Memphis has already come out and said they're taking John Morant at number two. And he's going to be the the, yeah. the heir apparent to um, to Mike Conley for to be the point guard in Memphis for yeah. years to come. However long, um, and he's going to be really exciting to see uh, in the NBA. R.J. Barrett at number three, most likely. After that, I mean, most people are saying this is a three-player draft. You know, there are other good players, but, but those are the best. Those those three are hands. They're in a different league than everybody else. Yes. And Cam Reddish is probably going to be a top five guy, and, and he was thought to be maybe a two or three guy coming into this. So a lot of there's, – there's still a few good guys out there. But, yeah, after that, Cam Reddish, RJ. Um, Barrett. What's, uh, what's, what's your guys? And, anyway, for that's going to Memphis. Oh, John Morant. John yeah. Morant, yeah. yeah. And and Zion, that's that's pretty much – that's pretty much it. So um, – so, but what about, okay, so in New Orleans, you had Anthony Davis request during the season last year, request a trade. It didn't happen. Um, my initial thought when, when New Orleans won the number one spot was, is this going to convince Anthony Davis to want to stay possibly? Right. Now, he, was unha- he wanted a trade because he was unhappy with the direction the team was going. Since he requested that trade, they have replaced the general manager. They now yep. have David Griffin going forward, and they have the number one pick in the, in this year's draft on June twentieth. He has already come out. Re, the reports are saying that he has already come out and said, "No, I still want a trade." Really, I yes. just don't understand this. Like, this is going to change this team. This team is this team's going to be really good, maybe in the next two years. But of course, he's only under contract for two more years, right? Or for one more year? One more year. One more year. Yeah, I don't know. Good for him. But this is what this is the thing, though. With with the Pelicans having this first pick, can this new general manager entice entice another team to give up a big uh, a, a superstar to come play with Anthony Davis? Would that be enough to keep Anthony Davis there? Or because because Zion's going to be a two three year project, right? I mean, he's going to be great. He's going to sell tickets coming off, coming right out of the gate. He's going to be a freak athlete. I'm going to tell you right now, he's probably still going to average 10, 10, and 7. Something crazy, almost a triple-double the way this dude is. But I just don't, I just don't know that, uh, that he's the guy who's going to put anybody over the top right off the bat. Right. So, is this an enticing trade piece now as this number one pick? It is. Um, or do they want to they want to get out in front of the AD thing and get their next superstar? I, I think that's what they're going to end up having to do because Anthony Davis is, is sticking to his guns, it sounds like, and he wants to be traded. Now, if they, I know David Griffin is going to try to convince him to stay. If that does not happen and they trade him, you either have the piece that is going to be your next generation guy, your your 
you know, your next superstar in this for this franchise moving forward, or you can use him. You can trade the number one pick. Look, you could trade it to number three. You and could swap with swap with swap the Knicks. with the Knicks. Get well. What piece are the what pieces the are the Knicks going to give you right now? Anthony Davis goes to the Knicks. You get R.J. Barrett and what? Well, the Knicks. Well, they would swap draft picks. Right. So, so you would get R.J. Barrett then. I'm talking about the the, the New Orleans would end New up Orleans. getting R.J. Barrett, RJ that, Barrett. That, in that third pick. That's who's going to be there. And, and who else? And whatever, what does New York have to offer right now? Yeah, not a lot. Maybe Kevin Knox and uh, that's their nothing. first round draft picks for the next six years. I was just <laughs> gonna say, if you're gonna give up a talent like like Zion Williamson, a seat, uh, somebody that's gonna put butts in seats like Zion Williamson. Let's be honest, man, it's a business. You got to sell tickets, and if you're gonna give up a guy like that. You need something besides R.J. Barrett, that third – I keep saying R.J. Barrett. Besides that third pick, which is going to be R.J. Barrett. But the Knicks don't have anything to give up. They already gave away Porzingis. He's gone. They have nothing. What about this scenario? What if the – I hate. Let me just say this real quick. I hate f- trying to figure all these things out. <laughs> this is my least favorite – this and the draft are my least two least favorite things. Okay, but one more because right, I think ahead, you're going to like this one okay, because this is your boy's team. All right, my boy. If, so so Anthony Davis said he wanted to be traded to the Los Angeles Lakers, right? Sure. They couldn't make it work. The Los Angeles Lakers have the number four pick. What if the Lakers traded the number four pick and that huge bundle of players and draft picks that they offered – the best offer they had, yeah. now throw this number four pick to New Orleans for Anthony Davis. New Orleans gets the number one and number four picks. What about it? Wow, that's uh, – I mean, that's enticing, right? You're talking about like a Cam Reddish or some overseas guy and, and Zion Williamson to New Orleans plus whatever else they had. And the lake in the lake show gets it gets AD. I'd love. I'm good with it. Let's do it. What do we need a draft pick for if we're picking up AD? Well, <laughs> I think you'd be left with Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and zero. Well, you're gonna have there. There's other people out there. They get that Kyrie Irving will then be uh, is then gonna come over in free agency. Now at that point, now you're stuck because you're you're there's your three max guys. Now it's going to be tough. Now we're going to see what the Bus family can put together for us. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm or, down for or it. Kurt Rambis. Uh, because well, he Kurt seems Rambis to be is technically the... making all the decisions right yeah. now. And by the way, can I just tell you, when that dude was playing back in the 70s and 80s, 80s yeah. he was the ugliest son of a gun I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. He was a guy that did not look like a basketball player. No, long hair, glasses, wrapped, strapped to his head. He was a big part of that of those he was Lakers huge. teams. He, he was really good. He, he was five there. championships. I know him. it. I know it. The Lake Show. The that was. I mean, he was part of every single one of those and played a lot of big minutes. Mm-hmm. He did, and he also did. got beat up by Robert Parrish, didn't he? Uh, or stepped on by Kevin McHale he, or something he, like that. Kevin McHale clothesline. That was it. The clothesline in the, line. In the yeah. uh, '84 Finals, and <laughs> it, it started the big because they they beat. They beat the Celtics by like thirty the night before or whatever, yeah. and the Celt and Larry said, 
look, we're going to have to get a little dirty here. And uh, Kevin McHale, who did not want to do it, <laughs> ended up doing it because he just had to. And uh, that's so the way that's the way let, basketball was played in the 80s. Instead of let, let's get – we're going to have to be a little dirty. No, like – that's not like an inside elbow to the – you know, or, or a little grab or pull or anything like that. Like a John Stockton, you never even saw it. Right. Guy gets – John Stockton guarded you and you were bruised – from from shoulder to knee, but nobody ever saw him do anything. <laughs> right. No, no, this dirty is just throw your arm out and just knock him brother over. Clothesline a guy in midair, <laughs> which would get him ejected and suspended and fined and everything today. Uh, soft NBA, so soft. <laughs> NBA so Adam Schmidt right now. <laughs> uh, that's fair. Anyway. All right. We're talking about next year the next several years with this draft let's talk about right now i'm down for that before we talk about right now chris let's stay with the basketball theme i had uh so i play in two leagues every summer the first night of of the first league started tonight yeah so i played i'm way out of shape yeah. it's gonna take me a few weeks to get back in shape it is what it is if I had been continuing to go consistently to training personally with Peggy Edwards, with Peggy Edwards, I'd be I'd be fine, and I would have been good tonight, uh, and I was not good tonight. But look, no matter your level of fitness, if you like to be challenged or need to be challenged, and want the uh, the benefit of working with a personal trainer, but don't want to pay for one, training personally with Peggy Edwards is your gym. Peggy Edwards is going to put you through an interval circuit training session uh, that is designed for all levels of fitness with a personal trainer and it's at your pace. So you, you, it's an interval training session. So it's at, it's at the pace of a timer, but you are going to go at your ability basically. And she can design she will design the workouts. She keeps them fresh, keeps them fun, keeps them safe for your ability. You can find Training Personally with Peggy Edwards on Facebook and at trainingpersonally.com. There you go. Now, on that note, if I had been going to Training Personally every day since I was, since, you know, three, four years ago when it opened up, Maybe I'd be in the NBA. Maybe I'd be playing in the NBA playoffs right now. Yeah. Definitely not. Definitely not. You'd probably be but. you probably would have been the guy at the end of the bench sitting right behind uh Kawhi Leonard as he squatted on the ground and watched the teen wolf bounce go down. <laughs> First off, let me let me ask you a question. So if anybody didn't catch it, the Raptors beat the Sixers to go to, to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals on Sunday night. Now, there is a shot that Kawhi Leonard made a game-winning buzzer beater, which apparently a game seven buzzer beaters never happened or something like that. And and I don't know. I heard some kind of – it doesn't matter. Kawhi Leonard, NBA rims. You never see a guy take a shot in the NBA and it bounce on the rim four or five times. If it hits a rim, it's either going to rim it in or rim it out. What is going on in Toronto that Kawhi Leonard can throw a shot up and it literally looked like the Teen Wolf free throw. It was. <laughs> Tell me that was not the – it actually probably bounced higher and more than the Teen Wolf th- free throw did. It did because it was from a farther distance. Um, and because he shot it 10 miles in the air, 
because he had to shoot it over Joel Embiid, a seven footer, and Ben Simmons, who was on his other side, right? And, and he was he was falling out of bounds in the corner, had to get it over Embiid, shot it to the rafters. If you're a Sixers fan, I feel for you. I feel for you because as a Xavier fan, I had to watch a punk from Wisconsin almost do the same thing, turn around, throw something up out of his behind. Problem is, that kid did get lucky. Kawhi Leonard's just that good. Kawhi Leonard is that good, and he got uh, he got the shooter's roll in that um, instance. That was no roll. And it was, that uh, was a shooter's bounce. It was a shooter's bounce. It was a shooter's four bounces. Four bounces, maybe and, ten. Uh, and uh, he was uh, he showed more emotion than I think we've ever seen him show, which was just a yell. It was just one of those primal screams, because that's uh, the biggest play you can possibly make. Any bigger, it, it could only be bigger if it was in the finals, maybe the conference finals or the finals. And but this was in the Eastern Conference semifinals. It was to in Game Seven to beat the buzzer. Biggest shot of his life, biggest shot in Raptors franchise history by far. So he he lets out a a, a scream, and that was it. Oh, uh, here and then we it's go. Business as right, usual. So we're gonna we're gonna get into this, is, which is we, which I, is why I, I was gonna love this, Kawhi I was gonna, Leonard. I was gonna let this go. I was gonna let this go because I didn't want to get into it. Because I I was actually gonna say how great was it to finally see Kawhi show some emotion. Everybody makes fun of him for not ever showing emotion, which obviously is Adam's favorite thing in the world. <laughs> I heaven don't make forbid, fun of him. heaven forbid, you make a shot and get excited. Oh my gosh, it's just terrible. So Kawhi Leonard lets out a, a rebel yell, yep, and screams, and probably would have been beating his chest and doing everything in the world. That's what I say. Uh, but he, you know, was then mobbed by everybody, and then immediately grabbed by a reporter. Which once the reporter's in, Kawhi's done. Like Kawhi went from from 100 to like 10 in a matter of a split second. Exactly. And good for him. I'm glad that he doesn't care about, doesn't have, doesn't care enough to to where to let his emotions come over him. And and you know I, I'm okay with uh, with you know, Joel and beads out there crying. He let his emotions come over him. It's okay to do that every now and then, both ways. Happy, sad. Okay, uh, that's that's fairly fair. I definitely don't think it's a lack of caring that makes Kawhi <laughs> Leonard like that. I think he's probably as competitive as anybody in the league, but he is just uh, very emotionally intelligent very emotionally strong emotionally uh, intelligent e- emotionally intelligent and um mentally tough and, and i'm surprised how much you like this guy considering he refused to play for pop i your boy <laughs> i did have a problem with that i was i that was so unfortunate i still am a little heartbroken over that because i wanted him to play for the i wanted him to play for the spurs forever um the spurs would still be playing right now i think if Kawhi leonard was there but Either way, um, Kawhi is – Tim Duncan was the same way. That's why I was hoping Kawhi took the reins from Tim Duncan after he retired and was going to be that same, like, not necessarily emotionless, but very li- but very emotionally stable, which is, which is big. I mean, we talk we, – we've always talked about – we talked for years until now about pitchers in baseball. Yeah. That's the thing that you would know e- even better is – when you are when thi- when things are going bad on the mound for you, yeah, you don't want to show that emotion. You don't want to show that it's 
that things are bad. You don't want to show when you're mad at an umpire, you think you're getting squeezed. You don't want to show that. No, no, you don't. But that's because you don't want the umpire to show you up and do what he's not supposed to do and st- and, and not help you out. Uh, but that's a different story. I mean, look at John Lester. John Lester, uh, one of the best pitchers in baseball for the last 12 years. And he shows more emotion on the mound than anybody I've ever seen. Upset when he's wrong and happy when he's not. Yeah, and that's – look, I know emotion is emotion, and it's going to come out. I do appreciate the people because I want to be like that. I want to be more like that where I keep my emotions in check no matter what happens. I want to be like that, so I really appreciate and admire those people like Tim Duncan, like Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Those guys that are able to do that, it just it so just – it feels – it feels like they are on another level just really mentally. Sure. And and I can understand I, – I'm starting to understand a little bit because I've played some ball with you in the past, and if anybody lets his emotions out sometimes – it's my man Adam. He can get he can get a little irritated. That's the thing. And that's why I try to I, I try to understand that. <clears throat> I I understand it a little bit more when I don't know when if you guys <laughs> when guys get and look, I'm I'm the biggest I'm the biggest proponent of working on the referee player relationships because I think players are just I'm so sick. I, I talk about it all the time. I'm so tired of the the players complaining after every single call. When I'm playing, adrenaline takes takes over you, and, and it and that's why that happens. Like that's why people get into scuffles. That's, that's why people yes. yell at referees. That's, that's why, why people, people yell at their own teammates. That's why they why, get excited when they make big shots when right. they've been struggling or anything like that. When big moments in the game happen, that's why all the things that you. Well, I shouldn't say you hate or don't like. I don't. I, I don't. I, I don't like them as much as if a guy like Kawhi Leonard makes the biggest shot of his entire life and the biggest shot for an entire franchise, and yells and then is done and then just and doesn't even like. He doesn't jump up and down. He doesn't. He didn't have a chance to. It. Yes, he did. He could have done anything kidding? he wanted to. There, Fifteen people on his bench were over huddling over top of him, waiting for that ball to go in. That happens every time a guy beats the buzzer to win a game. Happens every single time. Uh, this was a little you different. S- this was a little different. I don't this think was, so. This was a little different. I, I this don't is think so. game I think, seven. I think you I, right. So you would think he would be more excited. He would take off running down the he didn't floor. Have a chance. He was he squatted would, down on the floor. Like he was lucky to be able to stand up. He could have done anything he wanted to oh, there. Get out of here. <sighs> I did. I did definitely have a moment of uh, feeling a little, a little connection with with uh, Joel Embiid when I saw him walking off in tears. I did. I felt really bad for that guy. He played sick all, basically all series. He has been dealing with with injuries the entire season. His entire career. It, his entire Since career. he was at Kansas. He's right. Been, he, he never played at Kansas. Well, he, I think he played two games or something. And the guy played hard this series, and he I, the, he wants to win. He you know that's emotion that I can I, I I have a little more empathy for than when you when you hit a shot. And you run and jump up on the table and pull your shirt to the side. Look at how big my heart is, or, or screaming. Is this that is what, my house? Is that what that means? My heart? Is that what those people? I, I think thought so. they just wanted to show off their pec muscle. 
or like a tattoo or something. Why would why would anyone want to show off? I their don't know. Why, why they do they Why do they like pull their their biceps up? Like, exactly. It's yeah. your why shoulder. Why do people do the that? The reason that you made that shot while somebody was holding on you was your shoulders, not your biceps. <laughs> it's your whole body. Why? I don't you, know. What do you, what do you, well, I, I, so I just thought that was just another big old giant muscle that these guys wanted to show off. That's Look, I could heart. be wrong. I could be wrong, but I just thought it was a. What makes you have more heart when you make a basket than somebody else? Good question. I feel like it's a muscle. I just thing. always it's got to be. A, if it's a, if it's not a muscle thing, I'm very disappointed. I don't understand people. why you wouldn't just flex your muscles that everyone can see. Who cares about one pec muscle? It's probably got a with cool an tattoo under, on with, it. No, but with an undershirt. First off, nobody, everybody wears the see, undershirt. You can't. I can't even tell what half these tattoos are. Half of them are so there. There's like a million of them in one spot, so you don't even know what it even is anyway. Right. Anyway. Okay, so we can let, let's before we move on from that series. The way it ended was incredible. It was so exciting. Going into the series, though. A lot of people were talking about if the Sixers did not win that series, and especially if they got swept or beaten five games, Brett Brown may not be back as the coach of the 76ers. Um, they were beat. They were beat. They were they were beaten in seven games. But Elton Brand has come out. Number one, Joel Embiid went to bat for that oh, guy. Oh, big time. Joel Embiid, from the, from the moment that game ended, was talking about Brett Brown and how great of a coach he is and he needs to come back, blah, blah, blah. They asked him about it, and he really did. He said a lot of great things, exactly what you want uh, your star player to say if you want to keep a coach around. And he did, and that may have been – that really could have been the difference between Brett Brown keeping and losing his job. It really could have. Now, Elton Brand did say that Brett Brown is definitely back for next year, at yes. least next year. So, at least the beginning of next year. So I'm glad to see that Brett Brown, he's been there for a long time. He's he been there the from, the bad, from the bad times through the good times. And he's brought him. I mean, he brought him to the second. You know, it's, They've gotten better every single year. They've gotten one step further every year. Give the guy a chance to keep it going. It's not like he's regressing with this team. He's getting better. So I believe he deserves it. I mean, he, every year he's going a step further. He's not hitting a plateau and stopping. Let's give him a chance. And I'm going to tell you right now, the Eastern Conference next year is wide open. I'm talking wide open. Kyrie's going to be gone out of Boston. You're going to have uh, you're going to have Kawhi will be gone out of out of Toronto. You're going to have well, that, that's another question. We can talk about that depending on what happens in the Eastern Conference uh, because they just lost today to the Bucks. The Bucks won officially over 108 100. So. Um, so, so that could be a big thing if they make it to the finals, you know, or win, win it all, win the finals. Will that, will that deter? Will that keep Kawhi possibly in a Raptors uniform? I don't know. Uh, speaking of that, did you see that Drake? You know the Drake curse, right? You've heard of the Drake curse? <laughs> I don't know. Have I? Drizzy, Drizzy. Every time Drizzy uh, roots for somebody or mentions he oh. loves somebody, they lose. Like he he got on Kentucky's bandwagon right after they won their national championship. Nothing since. Uh, he's he. Uh, I don't know. Every time he's got somebody's jersey on or something like that, they either get hurt or they 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 don't they don't win whatever it is. So he threw a video up. I don't know what it was on. Probably, you know, the tweet box or the chat snap or one of those face tubes or IG. I don't know. One of them things. But anyway, he put it up. He had 76er shorts on during that game. Oh, boy. Oh, the boy. curse continues. Uh, we got we to gotta make sure we keep uh, Red's gear off of that guy. We got to make sure. Yeah, yeah, he's 
there ain't nothing he can do to make this any worse. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, before we get into baseball, um, okay. So moving on to Port, uh, we're talking yeah, about the, the Portland, the, the Denver, Portland series. Denver series was the other game seven on Sunday. Yes. Um, Portland. I think a lot of people were picking Denver in that game. Uh, it was in Denver. Portland won a game seven on the road. CJ McCollum. Game of his fire. life. Yeah. Game uh, of his life. 37, I think. Yeah. Uh, so he carried them. And, and Damian Lillard struggled a little bit in that game. By the way, so, so okay, the Trailblazers moved on. They played game one last night, Tuesday night, of the Western Conference Finals against the Warriors, the um, the Kevin Durant-less Warriors. Yes. Oh, it's the, it's real quick. The Curry Brothers matchup. Yes. Do, I want to say this about the, the, the Kevin Durant-less Warriors in the last – well, now 28 games. The last. I know what you're going to say. Uh, well, whatever it was before that. The last 27 games that uh, KD did not play and Steph did for the Warriors, they're 26 and 1. Yep. I love it. And, I love it. And that, I'm not surprised. No, because, because that they, team won. They won two titles without him. Exactly. Exactly. And, and Kevin, a title. Ke- Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant makes you better. But they play a different style, and we saw that in game one. They went back to the way they won the first couple titles before Durant got there, and it was, or yeah, maybe the first one, before Durant got there and went to whatever it was, three consecutive finals before he got there. It was moving the ball. It was Steph and Clay, you know, shooting from from both from e- from either side of the floor sp- spacing the floor out the ball moving like crazy yeah. that was the thing they did so well that ball moved around the perimeter inside out all over the place wide open shots passed up for even more wide open shots quick passes fun to watch basketball so much fun to so watch so much fun to watch and with KD the ball can get stagnant we've talked about this before it can it can slow down it can stick but uh which you understand because he's like maybe the best one-on-one player he's, one of the best he's, one-on-one players he's the best sure. he's the most unst- he's the most unstoppable scorer in the NBA exactly there's yes. i mean you, he can do whatever he wants at any time on the court yes and, and, and so it's weird to think that they are Maybe just as good <laughs> without him. I I don't want to say they're better because I don't no. know that you can be better without KD. I agree. But I will say that they are just as good. Yes, they've already beat they they without KD beat a KD team in Oklahoma City with Russell Westbrook, and that was a phenomenal team at that point. They're just as good. I don't want to say they're better, but they are just as good without him. They are. And uh, I'm I'm <laughs> and they won last night. I don't and they won last night. They won game one exactly. So so you have Golden State with a one zero lead. Now Milwaukee, as you mentioned, with a one zero lead. Um, but Steph Curry got back. He's struggled a lot of these playoffs the last series or two. Steph Curry struggled to shoot the ball a little bit. Yeah. And we talked about it last week. He's still putting up, you know, he's still getting 28, 29 or something like that. Let me tell you, shooting the ball yeah, poorly. Shooting the ball poorly and he's getting 30 points a game. But, but he was 9 for 15 from the three-point line last let night. Me, let me tell you something. Big brother has got little brother on the court with him. I'm gonna. This is going to be Steph Curry's series. Steph Curry, if I'm, if I'm the Warriors, I wait till we lose before I bring KD back because they might sweep 
they might sweep Portland just on Cade, just just because Steph's got little. I I started thinking about this. Steph's got little brother Seth, which this is the most difficult thing for me to continue to say. Steph and Seth, Steph, 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 Steph and Seth. Steph, which is short for stethoscope. Stethoscope Curry. <laughs> stethoscope Curry. So which stethoscope is probably Curry their little and... sister. Uh, anyway, Steph is going. He he as soon as that game was over in Portland on Sunday night. Uh, Seth said he got to his locker, opened up his phone, and it said, I'll see you on Friday or whatever. Yeah, it said, or Tuesday, I'll see you on yeah. Tuesday. Right. I love it. You know that <laughs> Seth Curry is out there, and he wants everybody to know. Little brother's been shooting the ball good. He made an all-star team. He's been playing really well this year, but he's still my little brother. Seth Curry is good enough to play in this series if they use him correctly and, and they get him. They get him a decent number of shots. Now, with with Dame and uh, CJ McCollum, you're not going to get a ton of shots. But no, you got to. But you got to show out for mom and dad. You got to try. You know he's going to try. <laughs> I'm, I, you got to show out for your team to try uh, to win he games. Worried, he ain't worried about that. Big brother's on the court. Big brother's on the court. He can't miss a shot. The only problem is he, he. There were a lot of. There was significant time in this game that he was not on the floor. It's going to be like that because he's not a predominant player on this team. I mean, he's a good player on this team, and he gets good minutes because he can play some defense. But, uh, no, it's a – But I wonder, you know, he, he's going to play a little more when C.J. McCollum's out of the game. But I wonder if they kind of switch things up and make it a three-guard, three-shooter offense and try to work something like that where you spread. So you're going to try to run and you're going to try to shoot with Golden State. Woo, that's putting but you you listen, we said I said this before. Where does this Portland backcourt match up with the best backcourts in the NBA right now? I mean, besides who they're playing in Steph and Clay, are they the second best in the entire NBA? Very likely. Yes, very so, likely. So maybe it is maybe it is a good idea to run three since KD's not out there, run three and, and give it an opportunity. Give yourself an opportunity. Shoot your way into this game. And and I understand and you're right, it's usually not a good idea to get into a run and gun no, game it's with not. Golden State. But are you gonna beat them in the half court? No. I, I, probably not. When they when Golden State wants to be, they're one of the best defensive teams in the league. They were a couple years ago when they first got KD. Mm-hmm. They turned KD into a great defensive player. He led the league in blocks for the first half of a season. He led the team in blocks for the rest of the season. He, uh, it, you know, when you have him dialed in, you have every – by the way, Clay Thompson was – incredible on defense last night yeah um stopping stopping cj mccollum and damian lillard you know and and by the way with kd out you also get andre iguodala the ageless andre iguodala some more 99 years old he's gotta be and and his and his um 2k rating in defense is 99 so exactly um so (laughs) that was a video i don't (laughs) as a video game reference i know nothing about video games but um Anyway, it's got to be ninety nine, right? It's got. I would think. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, you are you are seeing better defense right now than they've played um, most of the season from Golden State, and they're back to that where Steph is the is the predominant ball handler, the predominant, uh, you know, he's pilot of this offense. Sure, but in the ball, but the ball doesn't stick in his hands. It, right, he'll have the ball for just as long if you take. 
time into consideration probably as KD does, but the ball doesn't stick. Right. He's moving. That dude is all over the court. He reminds me of like uh, – uh, I don't know. I, I feel like I used to see Muggsy Bogues get the ball and dribble under the basket and come back out of there in, in between like 400 big people and then come back out and then flat back around and throw the ball to some. That's what Steph Curry does. Mm-hmm. When he gets down in that baseline and pulls that little half fake towards the baseline and then turns around and steps back three in the corner, that's insane. But I love watching that. Yes. Yep. Or he'll make the fake to the three-point line and then curl right back under as the guy goes jumping to the three-point line and have an easy layup. Yeah. I think people people over the last few years have gotten so saturated with Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors, a lot of people are rooting for them to lose. People are sick of all that stuff. I, I think that's a KD thing. I think I think a lot of those people are sick of a guy like – it's the fact that they brought KD in and they be, you know they were so good without him and then KD comes there and it's like, all right, this is too much. That is a I big. Don't, I don't yeah. think it's because they don't like you. How do you not like a guy? How do you not like the Steph Curry, Clay Thompson running, gun, shoot it till you die offense? Because, I mean, that's what kids love. Yeah, because people want to see different people win. It's they've been there for the last five years. And There's it's, only one other person I want to win, and he's not even in the playoffs. So <laughs> he sure isn't. I'm. Uh, <laughs> I'm. I've not gotten sick of the Warriors. I've not gotten sick of of Steph Curry for sure. He's still one of my favorite players in the league to watch. And it's I'm excited that they're – I'm not excited that Kevin Durant's hurt. I'm excited that they get to play no. the same style that they were playing that before. That makes sense. Yeah, you, you, don't, you, never, you don't ever want somebody to be hurt, but you're excited to be able to watch them play the offense that they used to run. I understand you're just, you're just a uh, – you know, you're one of those guys that wishes injuries on people. <laughs> Sure, we'll go with that. No, no, way- <laughs> no. I already made you out to be some kind no, 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 of non-partying, non-fun person. Well, I didn't make you out to be it. You did I a made lot of myself, that by yourself. I made myself out that way. <laughs> you did a lot of that yourself. I just didn't help. <laughs> no, uh, I, I, I just – people. a lot of people seem to be thinking that after, after it was a pretty dominant game one performance – it, the game got within six with just a few minutes left in the well, four or five minutes left in the game, um, but then they, Golden State pulled away and they ended up winning by twenty or whatever. But there were times in that game that it was it was a lot closer than it looked, but it was it was there was also kind of a feel like Golden State would play really hard for a while, get up by fifteen sixteen, and then you know they'd have a. Portland would go on a mini run or whatever. Right. They kind of let him back in and then, oh, whoops, we got to try hard again. And then <laughs> and then go on and then go back up 15 or whatever. Because of that, I think a lot of people were thinking that this this game this series is going to be over quickly, four games or five games. I still think Portland has a chance to win at least two games in this series. I really do. When they go back home, I really think they're probably going to shoot a little better at home. Sure. Um there, you know, if you get as soon as you get C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard to to shoot the ball well in the same game, it's going to be tough to beat those guys. Oh yeah. And, and the way that we saw Golden State struggle throughout the throughout the regular season, more so than they have before, because they weren't always engaged defensively or sometimes offensively, and the weird kind of dynamic with KD sometimes, you know, controlling the ball so much. It's, uh, you know, I feel like 
it's possible that that Portland does still win a couple games and maybe even take it to six games. Probably not seven, but sure. Um, I don't know. So I, you're I just, taking so you're taking Golden State. I'm taking Golden State for sure. And I but think, you think Portland will get a game? I think they're going to get. I think they're going to get two games. All right. Well, I give I give Portland. I give Portland a game. Okay. I'm going to give them a game. Their first game back in Portland, game three, and uh, and then the next two go to the Warriors. All right. So so on that note, let's talk. Uh, let's talk Kawhi, uh, who just lost today. Who do you got in that series? The the uh, Bucks v Raptors. The Bucks. Yeah, very simply the Bucks. They won by eight today, so you're already one game up. And they were down eight at halftime. The Raptors controlled the first the first half. I'm going with the Raptors. I'm taking the Raptors in this. I think they steal game I think they steal game it's either either two or four and they and they end up winning the series. Very interesting. Okay. Um and not because I don't think the Bucks are a phenomenal team. I think they're the best team out there. I just don't think they've got the I don't think they have the experience. The Raptors have been there over and over and over and over and over again and and it's I just feel like it's I feel like they've got the experience. Kawhi's been there, their best player. I just I just I I think I think Giannis is going to need another year. Okay. So you think Giannis is going to be is going to sputter out no, in this No, series? no, 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 no. Okay, I so think the Giannis. Bucks will sp- Giannis is not going to sputter. Giannis doesn't sputter. Giannis is that dude is a uh, I don't know, an energizer bunny on steroids. Uh no, he's not going to sputter, but I I that's just what I think. That's just what I think is going to happen. I think that game I think that goes 7 though. I hope I, sure I know hope you so. hope it does. I hope Kawhi Leonard. I hope it goes seven and they tie the seventh game and they let them both play the Warriors in the <laughs> NBA Finals. Let's have a round-robin tournament in the finals, <laughs> a three-team round-robin tournament. Oh, uh, goodness. <laughs> I hope Kawhi gets a last-second shot going toward the corner in game seven um, and the Bucks are up two and it bounces four times on the rim and just, just rolls out. Why would you hope that? Because I picked the Bucks to win. <laughs> that is so. But that's, that's as close terrible. as you can get. I would rather them just lose by ten. I don't. But I don't would, want that to happen that be, to Kawhi. Wouldn't that be more what, exciting? That's, that's to see terrible that? by you. I feel that, that's that's heartless, man. And then Kawhi, straight heartless. And then Kawhi goes insane and screams and curses everybody out, well, and he <laughs> rips his jersey off. And he strangles a referee with his jersey. No, Kawhi's just gonna cry. He's just gonna cry. Think, they I don't just think lost. Kawhi cries. I don't think he has tear ducts. You don't think <laughs> he? He obviously ha- does have some kind of emotion. We saw it. Unless, unless when he was squatting down, he like pulled a muscle or something, and that was just pain as he tried to stand up. I don't know. Could have been. Maybe that was not even emotion at all. Maybe that was just some kind of pain of somebody jumping on him when he was down there or something like that. We don't 100% know that Kawhi actually showed emotion. And until I hear it from him, you know, for him to actually admit that that's what happened, I'm not I'm I'm think I'm going against it now. I think I don't believe that he ever has still. <laughs> so you think that was he uh Somebody uh, accidentally elbowed him in the rib or something like Maybe that. Maybe a Charlie horse. He, was, he had to sit down in that low squat for a while, waiting for that ball for to bounce ball around to for a hundred times. <laughs> that he might have got a cramp. 
Yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah, he's a world class athlete, so he should be able to hey, squat. That but. didn't that didn't hurt the the absolute most world class athlete ever when LeBron got his cramps when he was in Miami. It, it happens, man. It his, happens. His his cramps were uh what? Menstrually induced. Oh. Oh. <laughs> All right, Charles. All right, Charles. That's a Barkley yeah, joke. That was a That's bar- a Barkley joke. You don't even like Charles joke. Barkley. <laughs> yeah, you might like, be right. I, like I kept saying that's what I was saying to him. <laughs> oh goodness. All right. So so you have the Raptors in the East coming out of the East. I have the Bucks. We both have the Warriors coming out. We're gonna see what happens. We've got one game under our belts in both series. Uh we will continue on next week with NBA playoffs. We'll be probably what game four or so yeah, around that yeah. time we'll be we'll be a weekend we'll, this will be it'll be it'll be a lot because we're there'll be a lot to talk about i think uh we'll so so you're just gonna have to put up with us because it's gonna be nba to start next week uh and also to start next week we are in the middle of may now so if you haven't got started yet you need to get started on your mosquito control and I don't know if mosquito is the way to say it or if it's yeah. mosquito. It ends with mosquito. an A. No, it ends with an A. Okay. So if you go to Ohio Mosquito Control, uh, Ohio Mosquito Control, um, uh, sorry, it's ohio-mc.com. They will take care of you guys there. They're going to make sure you don't have any mosquitoes in your backyard. I've been doing it for two years now. I think this is my, I think this is my second year doing it. We've been doing it as long as they do it, but uh, my kids get eaten up like crazy. No longer getting eat up, eaten up at all, ever, because at Ohio Mosquito Control, they offer quality service in the Cincinnati area at reasonable prices, family-owned and operated. They're professional mosquito control service. That's just uh, just goes straight to their website. You can set up your uh, you can set up the date. You can pay them on the website. You can go through PayPal. They'll give you a bill. They give you a, they give you a text when they when, when they're about to be there. Give you a text when they're done. Give you a text when it's okay to let your dog go back out because the amount of time has gone by. And then they uh, also send you a bill over text. It's a lot of that's the best snaps I've ever had in my life. Really? Uh, yeah. Any by the way, yeah. I'm not a snapper, but if you put a mosquito in there. Boom, I'd be like Ohio Mosquito Control. Dead. That's right. Uh, at Ohio Mosquito Control, they are the pest of the pest. Ohio-MC.com. Check them out. Chris, uh, summertime brings the mosquitoes out. Yes, they do. Now, let me ask you something. Ask away. So, okay, actually, we'll just do this. Swipe left or swipe right? Yeah. No, let's let's hold off on that. Oh, let's hold off okay. On that. Let's we'll, do we'll, this though. Hey, let's do this. Let's do a summertime swipe left, swipe right, or just talk about summertime. Just this is just a would you rather. I uh, like a would you rather. I'm good with that. In the summertime, popsicles or Kool Aid? Oh, Kool Aid. Kool Aid over popsicle. One hundred percent. I don't care about a popsicle unless they're them ones in the long clear plastic. Then, then I don't consider that a popsicle because I'd rather just let it melt and drink it. So once like Kool Aid, so, so Kool Aid, yeah, Kool Aid, so basically and a long, skinny sleeve, yes, basically Kool Aid. It's a shot. It's not even a shot of Kool Aid that's in one of those in the end. That was going to be my second question. If you if you went popsicles, it was going to be popsicle on a stick or in a sleeve. Um, definitely. If I was, I'd say popsicle in a sleeve, so I can let it melt and drink it like Kool Aid. <laughs> okay, okay, that's fair. Um, what about you? Kool Aid or popsicle? I think I'm. I think I'm popsicle. At this really? Point. I mean, I grew up drinking tons of Kool Aid in the summer. I but, uh, I can honestly say I have never seen you eat a popsicle. Really? 
I mean, I haven't eaten very many in my adult life, but well, I will. I eat popsicles in my adult life, and I drink Kool-Aid in my adult life all the time, before and since kids. I know what your favorite flavor of Kool-Aid and popsicles is. Well, yeah, sure. Orange. No. <laughs> Don't make fun of my orange outfit today. Look, I was laying down with the kids today. So if you're on if you're on the FaceTube live or if you're on YouTube, because this is the video we use for YouTube, I've got an orange shirt on, an orange hat, and I'm gonna tell you right now, I got orange shorts on too. I know you do. <laughs> so I uh, I was laying down with the kids, put them to bed like I always do before Adam gets here, and uh, I had a pair of orange shorts on and a black cutoff t-shirt just laying down and. Went into the room. The very first hat was a Houston Astros hat. I grabbed it, grabbed the first shirt on top of the deck, put it on, got to the top of the steps and went, oh, what do I care? <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> I do that sometimes too, actually. Like if I'm getting ready for, for work in the morning or I'm getting ready to go somewhere and I just put on clothes yeah. and I don't really think too much about it. Right. And I'm And I'm like head to toe in one color. I'm like... Oh, I don't, I don't really want this. I don't like this at all. <laughs> so sometimes I'll change or sometimes if it's like all black or something, I'm fine. Cause that's mostly what I own anyway. Yeah. That's my favorite color. But, um, I thought you were which good. is, uh, black is also my favorite, uh, my favorite color of Kool-Aid and popsicles. Um, and, uh, it's a gross popsicle. <laughs> uh, I feel like that'd be like black licorice. It, uh, yeah, it doesn't Ugh. exist, but I guess it, it would probably be that. That's the flavor I taste right now. I want to find brown Kool-Aid and brown, sure. brown popsicles because I would assume that would be chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> a pudding pop. So okay, so you're. Uh, I think I'm a little bit. I think I'm. I'm. I'm definitely a. And purple, by the way, grape is my favorite of all uh, popsicle. Kool-Aid, everything. Just to let you know, it's not orange, even though I'm decked out in all orange. Okay, well, I want to see you in all purple next week for the podcast. I can do that. I oh. have purple shorts. I had purple shorts on yesterday. <laughs> I got a purple shirt. Uh, Don't have – oh, I got an old, old elder hat I could throw on. I can I, go all purple. I can go all purple. I think I still have a purple reds hat Oh, that's, that I would give you. I don't even know why you own that. Because it was given to me. Yeah, I, I hope so. Not, I would not purchase okay, that. Okay, Pete Rose. <laughs> exactly, yeah. No, it wasn't all white. It wasn't all white with the white C and the white hat. First off, why is Pete Rose always wear – I mean, I know the dude's getting old and he probably can't see really well, but that doesn't mean that you got to make the C on your hat that much bigger. Just wear a regular red <laughs> hat. Oh, did he? I feel like I've seen him in both. 90% of the ones he's got, the C goes from the button to the bill. <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing, old man? He likes the, the, the new age. Uh, and he's always got a button up with uh, cu with cufflinks. Yep. Yes, he does. And different color, different color cuffs, cufflinks. <laughs> I got to tell you, dude, I like that. Them shirts ain't cheap. Oh, I'm sure they're not. I don't know why they're I'm so, sure I don't know why they're so expensive. How? No. You kidding the dude makes his living sitting in a hole in the back of a baseball card shop in in Las Vegas. He is not. I don't think he's doing as good as you think he is. I think he has all the money he will ever need forever. You think so? Oh, absolutely. He was From on what? Fo he was on Fox. Uh, You're right. He Fox probably made good money on that. I didn't think about that. He yeah. was, I, he makes so much money. And from he throws it all. And he throws it all to the to horses. the track. Yeah. Uh, Speaking no, of, no, he's Thursday through Sunday. Belterra Park's running. Is it? Yeah, Thursday through Sunday no. for the next at least the next month. You tell me when we're going. You I let, we should bring the ladies out. We should take the ladies out should for a night running horses. Out? Yeah. I mean, have okay. her buy a hat. 
She can she can get a <laughs> no. We're not dressing up. I can told I, you we're not I'll dressing her, up for this. I'll give her my purple Reds hat. To her, oh gosh. Yeah, you're supposed to wear a hat. Well, at, the, at least at the, that would be one way to make that hat look good. <laughs> That's true. The only way that hat would look good. There you go. Um, I help you out there okay. if you need it. I got you, brother. Thank you, pal. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so besides the point, so yeah, I'd say would I rather? I would rather go Kool Aid. Summer is mosquitoes. Summer is Kool Aid. Summer is popsicles summer is baseball obviously and uh so turning our attention to baseball the 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 big thing that actually let's let's do our one reds thing you had something you really wanted to talk about it's been bothering you you've mentioned it before but you really wanted to talk because it just happened again uh the other day with luis castillo the reds ace yes he was pulled he was pulled early castillo and i'm trying to find the uh, the text because I don't have my phone, but I believe he had two hits, no earned runs, seven strikeouts, and pulled in the sixth. Okay, why why does this continue to happen? I wish I want to I want to. We know we need to do. We need to get Bobby Nightingale back on here, mm-hmm. and we need. This is my big question. This is what I want to know. I don't know if there's been a story written about this yet because I'm not very good at reading. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. No, I mean. <laughs> You're colorblind, but you're fine at reading. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I know how to read. I'm not very good at getting an article up and actually reading it. Okay, that's fair. There's a lot of stuff Nor- I see pop up that I want to read, but I don't have time I for. Never it. end up getting. Yeah, to. It, and let me also I say, try to read Bobby stuff though. He's really, really. He good. is really good. Uh, but let me say this: that also I am really bad at reading. So I would I I used to go to bed. This sidetrack real quick. I used to go to bed at night and. My wife would be reading some book in bed, and I'd lean over and like, ah, I'll take a take a peek at whatever's going on over in this uh, on this page, and she'll flip the page. So starting at the top, right? We're both on page whatever top page. I'm coming down. I get halfway down that first page. She's already read both pages and spinning <laughs> in the I'm actually truly a bad reader. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm the a exact, bad reader. I am the exact same way. And reading is something that I've wanted to do for a long time. Wanted to do more for a long time. Every year. Why? What? What possesses somebody to want to read? My wife said the other day, I can't wait till the kids get older so I can get back to reading more. What? Why do you... There are so many other ways to get information and everything going on, man. What do you need to read for anymore? Because reading is fundamental. Oh, my God. Reading is... Reading... All right, LeVar Reading Rainbow, LeVar Burton. Get your Star Trek glasses out. Let's do this. No, the NBA did a whole... Oh, is that what that is? I don't know. I think so. Reading Uh, Rainbow. But Reading Rainbow is an absolute classic. Absolute classic show. No doubt. Reading, reading is knowledge. Reading is knowledge. It's that simple. Okay. Well, I mean, so is, I mean, I can, I can listen. You can absorb information in other ways, but look for some, for some people, the visual aid of reading the words you know helps what, it stick. In you brain. know what happens when I read? What's I that? fall asleep. So do I. It's terrible. I fall asleep. If I want to fall asleep, I start reading. So do I start reading. I'm out like a light, but I still want to read that and it, or, and it also or I'll me. get or I'll get six pages into a book and I have no idea what I just read because my mind's thinking about something else. That's what I was going to say. I'm the same exact way. I have to read everything like two or three times to remember it or I comprehend know how it. many people are like that. I feel like oh, I, I feel like 90 percent of the world <laughs> hates reading or can't read. I don't mean can't read like I can't read. I don't know what R.E.D.S. spells. I'm saying can't read like. I start to read, 
and something happens. I fall asleep. I think about this. I think about that. It happens to me anytime I try to do any reading. I usually read like a paragraph and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so tired of reading this. Yeah. Is there any way for this story to be over now? I've been reading the same book for like two years now. <laughs> I've I'm only like, read one book since I've been out of high school. Nice, nice, nice. I've read. It was, it was, uh, it was uh, Moneyball. It's the only book I've read. And that's one of the books that I've read. Yes. Look at you. One of the books. You've read many. I've read more than one, but not nearly as many as I would like to. Yeah, I have a whole bookshelf full of books that I have not read yet, and I would like to read most of them. Michael Jordan books, right? Yes, many of them. Yeah. So if you're like me, and you don't, lo- you you can't read, or you're not good at reading, let us know, man. Let me let me know. Uh, hit hit us on the comment section on Castbox or iTunes or uh, iHeartRadio or Spotify or. Uh, what else are we on? SoundCloud. Uh, I don't know. There's a bunch of others I can't even think everything. of. Everything. YouTube. Yeah. Everything. Hit some comments up. Let me know in uh, YouTube. There you go. The tube you. Tube face. Face <laughs> tube. Tube you. Let us know if you if you have trouble reading the same way that we do. Also, let us know your uh, favorite sports books that you have read. There you go. Sports books you've read. In fact, there you go. Let's make... Well, no. I don't know what our next... Uh, <laughs> Anyway, well, so well, Luis, well, Castillo, Luis Castillo, let's get back to Luis Castillo because I can't stand the fact that uh, Bell keeps pulling these guys early. And it's not just in Cincinnati. You were telling me that this is becoming more and more of a thing. In fact, Chris Sale the other night got pulled after after going seven and hit 17 strikeouts. Correct. Gets pulled after seven. I just – the this whole, this whole idea – that you're saving an arm or whatever. Well, back in the day, you weren't saving arms. It was this was normal. Maybe the guys are stronger and there's more muscles being moved and tighter and things like that. And that's a reason why I don't know, but it's getting on my nerves. Let the guy go out there. Why? Or if you're going to do it, this, oh, I'm starting to get excited. I'm, I I'm hitting tell. my pen again. You're stabbing I'm the stabbing notebook. Stabbing the notebook with the bat with the blunt end of my pen. Don't. Tell me about how beat up your bullpen is. It doesn't have to be like that. You don't have to. You, your bullpen doesn't have to be as tired as it is because you don't have to pull these guys out. Now, the Reds, obviously, whatever they're doing is working. They have given up the least amount of runs in all of baseball. And they also have scored the least amount of runs in all of baseball, which we talked about last week. And that nothing has changed in the past week. However... If you're going to tell me that your bullpen is taxed, then leave your starter who's throwing a gem in for another inning. Save an arm that day. I don't understand it. I don't like it. Um, It's it's the one thing that's annoyed me since Bell's got here as the manager. So, yeah, a lot of managers are managing this way now. the Tampa Bay Rays start a bullpen guy sometimes, or they did last year, um, and sure. then bring their starter in and then bring bullpen guys in. But I, th- I think a big part of it is because that we have all these advanced metrics now, all these advanced statistics. There are so many ways to measure uh, how to win, how to manage your team, and how to win baseball games. Yeah. And one of the biggest things is that, that we've seen over the last couple of years that, that people have found is the third time through the order, pitchers are significantly worse 
the third time through the order. So I think that's so a you, big thing. I'm, why I know it is. And I know. So, so but, that's so, why. You so see, you just automatically, no matter what, no matter if you are dominating, you know what? You may be the third time around. Guys get a little bit better, but when you are so dominating that they can't, they haven't even touched you in the first two at bats. Why are you not getting a third? He ain't touched me yet. Give me an opportunity. I yeah. I I mean I'm with you. I but I think that is kind of one of the bigger one of the bigger reasons that this is happening because but you're going to I feel like you're going to lose your you're going to lose your clubhouse. You're going to lose these guys because they're going to start getting annoyed and getting upset. Especially it's not like I mean the Reds bats aren't doing anything, which is why they are where they are. Maybe maybe if the Reds are winning more games, this is not a topic at all. That's exactly what I was going to say. And I'm sure it is. However, it, you can't tell me if I'm Tyler Malley or if I'm – is it Tyler Malley? Mm-hmm. If I'm Tyler Malley, Luis Castillo, any of these guys, Sonny Gray tonight, if I'm any of these guys and I'm throwing a a gem. Sonny Gray already said it. He There was one game he got pulled. He said, yeah, I wanted to stay out there. I was, I was upset when I came in the dugout. Now, you're always going to be upset because you want to go further. I understand that because you, you have, you have uh, uh, emotion. That comes out. Sure. Uh, anyway, so I just don't I, – I, I don't understand how if you're going to continue to pull these guys out when they're dominating and when you have an athlete at the top of his game and you're pulling him out, that guy is – at some point in time, there's going to be some, uh, some, some bad blood feeling there. Like, all right. All right, this this is enough. All right, you, you, the first couple times I understand it, now it's okay. I'm I'm killing it right now. Leave me in this game. You're gonna start. I feel like there's gonna be some bad bad blood between this these pitchers and Dave Bell. The biggest thing here is wins and losses. I I think you know because winning cures everything. If you're winning, I think guys are okay. They don't want to, like you said, nobody ever want, no starter ever wants to come out of the game, even if he's going really bad. He's not going to want to come out because he wants to battle through it. He wants to, you know, you see guys all the time have really bad first innings and then pitch eight really strong innings because they're so much, they're just, they just settle in or they figure out what they, what adjustment they need to make. But if you're winning, it's going to be okay. If you're losing, yeah, maybe. But like you also said, though, the Reds have I think I, I think they second best ERA in baseball. I want to no, say no, it's the best ERA. Is it they the best, have ERA, the best now? ERA in baseball? Okay, so so as an entire staff, so and their starters have been better than their relief pitchers, but their but their bullpen's been pretty good for the most part. I just I, I think that David Bell is going to have because he's not going to make those moves on a hunch. That doesn't happen anymore. He's going to have the data to back up why he's doing this, and he's going to be able to present that to them. and And I know it's not going to be good enough for a lot of guys. It's not good enough for me. It's not good enough for you. And you know it's not what? good enough for the guys coming out of the game. But if they win, it's he's not pulling them in the fourth. They're still getting a win if they. Numbers can only go so far. Numbers only go so far. You, you're, look at, look at, look at. Uh, let's say uh, in Los Angeles, uh, back in the day when Kobe was going through his trial and flying into these games. Yeah, on paper, all this stuff is going on. 
but L.A. lost that series. And I don't know why they lost the series, but I'm going to say a big part of that, not because the numbers said they should have won and the statistics and all that, but there was a lot of crap going on behind the scenes. There's, there's, there's emotion. There's, there's, there's other, uh, other, other things that you can look at a guy in his eyes and know how they're feeling and things like that. Not, not just what's on paper. I just, I don't think that may not, and, and that wasn't a very good. Uh, example, but I just don't I don't understand why it ha- why all these people why we're going strictly to it. I think a good mixture is the way to do it. I think a guy like Joe Madden does a great job. Madden is man will man look at a guy and and pull him because his gut tells him to, but he's also going to use every bit of saber metrics he possibly can to win a baseball game. I agree with you, and I think most I, – I, th- I think David Bell's this way too. I don't think he's going – he's making every decision based on what, you know, I think every he is. matchup. I think it is. I, I just don't think – I just don't think anybody's going to be successful that way. And I just – I think David Bell is – he's a lifelong baseball guy. His whole entire family were lifelong baseball people. He has been around the game too much. I think he's just using – numbers and data as a tool which everybody should be doing now i have no problem with that using it as a tool now some people use it feel more like than others yeah than others. you're past using it as a tool when you're doing it at when you're consistently pulling a guy out who is not giving up a single run through the sixth inning less than three hits in six innings less than two walks in six innings and is just dominating the other team you're 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 not using anything else except your metrics at that point in time uh, maybe maybe, maybe I don't, what, what else is he using are, are you going out there looking at him like yeah, it's the sixth inning again <laughs> look his arms there his arms there whatever. are i mean there managers and coaches are are able to tell things and guys mechanics and their body language and stuff like that, yeah, that the castillo was really falling apart <laughs> right. It it doesn't look like it. Right. It doesn't look like it. David Bell has a reason for making these moves. The Reds on the biggest the, the thing that matters the most is wins and losses. So you can point to that and say, you know what, is this really working because we're not winning? But you already mentioned it. The pitching is as good as any pitching in baseball. Yeah. And and it's the offense that's the problem as far as wins and losses go. But for right now, the way he's handling it. It's it's working for the pitching staff. It is it, it's working for them. You don't have to like it. I don't necessarily like it either. It's strange to me. It is strange to me. And you started talking about it before, but it seems to me like you know for years and years and years, the guy that started the game was going to finish the game whether he gave up zero runs or twenty runs. It okay, was just like that there. for a long time. Okay, we're not there. But but if you're dominating a game. I'm talking about dominating. I'm good. You know, after five innings, you know, you've given up three runs and, you know, whatever. Yeah, you've pitched a pretty good outing, but you know what? You're done. It's time to go. We're going to go elsewhere. But, no, when you are dominating and you are on top of your game and you I, – I, that is what gets me. That's where I don't understand these moves. Like you said, maybe if they're winning these games, it'd be different. Uh, but but they're, they're, they're just not. So it, it's, it is different. I think if the Reds were ten games above five hundred, you'd be like David Bell's a genius. I can't believe he's doing such a I don't good know. job. I I still feel like I would be a <laughs> I little. Know. I still feel like this for me. I would be a little like, ah, there's something. There's something weird about how this is going down. 
I mean, last night he got pulled. He got pulled, and the Reds lost three to one. Mm-hmm. Now, through six innings, he had not given up a run. Right. That's all I got to say. <laughs> I mean, that's literally all I have to say. I, I I'm excited to see when this offense does come around and get a little bit more consistent. Where the Reds go as far as their record. Because if they if he continues to manage the, the the pitching staff this way, and they continue to pitch really well, now I'm not sh- I don't really feel like the pitching staff is going to stay this good all year. You don't think so? I, I don't really feel that it's way. A lot of young kids. Well, not it's really not a lot of young kids. These guys have all been pl- pitching for a while. I feel like I feel like I don't know. I I the, I feel like if anything, it's the hitting that eventually is going to come around. It will, but I think they'll both kind of kind of meet each other where the hitting's going to improve a little bit and the pitching's going to maybe decline just a little bit too because most of the back of the uh, the back of these guys baseball cards uh the back of the say baseball better, card say, say different they're going to they're going to regress to the mean if you want to call it that but uh i i, I hope i'm wrong i want to be wrong about that but i just don't think the pitching staff is going to be they're not going to lead baseball in pitching for the entire season. I just don't this staff has been thrown together in the off season for the most part and it and we still have Alex Wood might be coming might be sure. coming in to see what he does. But I, I just don't I, I just think it's going to get a little bit worse and hopefully the hitting gets a little bit better and then when it's when it's kind of even, then we'll see how We'll see if he number one manages the staff the same way. I there's no doubt in my mind he's going to continue to do this, and it's going to continue to irritate me. <laughs> and and I it is what it is. That's I'm, fair. I, it, I am. I can't even explain to you how much it annoys me. Let's move I, on. I want to I want to do the devil's advocate thing and and just try to present uh, another side. But I'm really I'm really kind of with you there. It's it's it is frustrating to see when Luis Castillo is red hot and he's maybe maybe if the season ended right now the Cy Young award winner in the National he's League. He's one of the most dominating pitchers in all of baseball right now. Top 3, top 5 dominating pitchers in all of baseball. Maybe that's only because he's pitching 6 innings at a time and he's not getting an opportunity to see that third. That could be why. Don't go. get me wrong. But I, you want to see the opportunity. But I I I think he deserves the opportunity. So if he comes in and it, it sometimes it's not about if he walks a guy in the seventh to lead the seventh off or something, and then you pull him, or he gives up a, a, a hit or something, that, like that happened one time. Every other time, he's been pulled before the inning. Just, but I mean, just as an example, where you know you give the guy another inning instead of pulling him when you kind of want to or whatever, and he gives up a walk or maybe a hit and a walk or something like that. It's not always going to be a walk or a hit. Sometimes it's going to be he's gone. This is the third time through the order or the fourth time through the order. The, the data says even the best pitchers pretty drastically decline through that time in the order, it could be a home run. I mean, it could be a home run that sure. it that could be a home, you behind. It could be a home game. run in the first inning when I face that guy. It could be a home run any time. Now, I know the data shows it's more likely to happen then, but that's fine. But if, you're, if I'm that dominating, especially like in that, that – so, so that was the wrong game. The Giants – we we beat the Giants uh, four nothing in that. Or I'm sorry, seven to nothing. But we were up four nothing after the second inning. So at that point in time, you're up by four. 
Why is this dude not being allowed to give up a run? Or at least get himself in trouble? Yeah. Give the kid an opportunity to get some more uh to to get some more um uh work out there, not work, but Confidence, that's the word I'm looking for. Give the kid an opportunity to get confidence, to grow some confidence, and to feel like, hey, I can go out here and I can I can throw nine innings and win a game for my team. Um, put them on my back and win a game. Give the kid an opportunity. What? I, I think it's I think it is up to you they know how this how he is going to manage the staff at this point. So I think it's I think it is on the players to change their mindset about that it, it, it they need to say if i go out there and give six really really good innings i'm probably going to be pulled but i will have done my job i will have done my job and that's that's where you get the confidence you did your job you get the confidence whether it's for five innings or whether it's for eight or nine innings yeah. you know that you did the job i don't have control over how when i'm being pulled or, or anything like that it's going to happen suck it up basically suck it up but just just you you have to trust your manager you have to trust your right. manager well, and in not your, everybody's in your going work to, but... in your work if you're doing a hell of a job and every time you almost get to the end of the day he he says ah adam uh go take a break i'm going to let billy bob joe thornton go over <laughs> here and i'm going to have him finish the day and everybody say and everybody give him a high five at the end of the game and at the end of the day, and tell him how great how great he did for that last fifteen minutes of the of the day. I'm gonna you're gonna sit back every single time that this happens, and you're gonna go, "What the hell is everybody so excited about this dude?" And and everybody's gonna say, "Adam, for real, great, great three quarters of a day, man. You had a great three quarters <laughs> of a day." And you're gonna be like, "Well, screw this dude. I was on a roll. I could have easily had a great full day." And you're gonna eventually start hating your boss. You're gonna start absolutely being disgusted by his the sight of him walking by well it's a her first i don't of care all. <laughs> it's a it's a theoretical i know i know what you're talking about <laughs> the whole time that's all you can think about <laughs> no I, I i understand and i don't i don't really know what to tell you it's it's going to be i think maybe what i just said that the starting pitchers need to do i think you might have to adopt that man I think you're just gonna have to trust your manager. Your manager. Is I'm only David working. Bell. I'm only working six hours a day for now on. I'm only working six hours a day. Well, if that's if that's what your manager feels like is is best for the company to to get the best out of the entire day, then you've got to trust him and be like, you know what? Okay, I I feel I know I can go on. I know I can do a great job and finish this thing. But whatever. Chris Sale, did you hear Chris Sale threw had seventeen strikeouts in seven Spe innings? Speaking of uh, of maybe being pulled a little early, Chris Sale, Chris Sale did have seventeen strikeouts in seven innings. It's the first time ever, seventeen or more strikeouts in seven innings. First time that's ever happened. So history was made the other night. Um, Chris Sale really struggled badly in his first five starts or first four or five starts Big time. Of, he start, the, of the season. I think it's okay to say that he's uh, getting into a groove now. He certainly is because um, through his first five starts, he was 0-4, a 743 ERA, a 152 whip, and his last three, 1-0, 0-14 ERA, 0-47 whip, 
41 strikeouts and one walk in the last wow. three games. I'd say my man's right back on track. He is on a roll. He is uh, who I think – I still think he's the best pitcher in baseball. Um, I think he's a Hall of Famer, a future Hall of Famer, obviously. If, you I'll know, give you that. As long as his I, he's already, career continues yeah. to go as it's been projected. But, um, but he was pulled after seven innings. 17 of his 21 outs that he recorded were strikeouts. He had – no walks that game, I think. I think pretty sure he didn't walk anybody with 17 strikeouts. Um, he threw 108 pitches. There you go. Here we go again. And that's the right. And that's that's part of the whole thing. This too. magic number that every single pitcher in the entire Major League Baseball, their arms are all exactly the same and they can only <laughs> throw a hundred pitches. That's the most annoying thing. You want to get into annoying things? Sabermetrics and all this other stuff. I love I love metrics. I love statistics. I love I love looking at things like that. I grew up baseball's a statistical uh, that's what that's what baseball is all about. Is it's all statistics. Everything is. It's it's what's fed in front of your face forever. At the same time, wherever this hundred pitch malarkey came from years ago, you're telling me that every big leaguer's arms exactly the same. They can only throw a hundred pitches. Okay, I understand that after a hundred pitches, I'm sure your ERA goes here, there, and the other way. That's fine, but. How about a little bit of I can look out there and say my man is strong as an ox right now and it's Chris Sale and he can easily throw 130 pitches and be absolutely fine. Whereas a guy like maybe Alex Wood gets to 100 pitches and his arm's about to fall off. That's a difference. That's it's 100 pitches is not everybody's number. It's not everybody's number. It's probably maybe a median, but if you can't go out there and look at Chris Sale and go, okay, seven innings, 17 strikeouts, did he give up any runs at that point in time? Yeah, he did give up. In the seven, in the seventh inning, he gave up a two-run homer to Nolan Arenado. Okay, what was the score? Second best player. I, like to know, I want to know. Second the, best player in baseball. Okay. Okay. I'd like to know what the score of the game was at that point in time and all other kinds of things. There's a lot goes I believe into it that. was 3-2. Okay, I think they were winning three two at that time. All right, so they're up three two. So okay, I I can I can kind of understand that because now it looks like you're maybe struggling. However, if it was a good pitch that was hit by a great hitter, that's a different story. Um, you're past Arenado now. Finish this off. If you get back to a guy like that, maybe then you take him out. If if Arenado comes back up, maybe in the ninth. Maybe you take him out and let somebody come in against him that's got a little bit better, fresher arm, or another look for Arenado. But in that case, you're talking about I don't I didn't see the pitch, and I hate to I hate to talk about stuff that I didn't see and I don't know everything about. But if it was a good pitch and not a hanger or something like that, and Arenado just got a better swing on it, you're talking about one of the best hitters in all of baseball mm-hmm. against one of the best pitchers of all in all of baseball. Okay, so that's shaken off immediately. Now I'm back in now I'm back in the windup because there's nobody on base and he's probably gonna mow down the next two guys. Three yep. guys. Yep. Uh as a matter of fact he did. I think he did after he gave up that home run, he struck out the next two guys to end the inning. But you know he Why not did, take him out after that? Sounds like he's sounds like he's struggling. But he did put somebody on base, obviously, because it was a two run homer. He put somebody on base before Arenado's home run. So maybe he was looking a little. It, it's still weird to think because he struck out 17. And then guys, he struck so out the next two. On. So he was still moving. Right. And what's the most, what's tough 
Now, this is a situation. If this happened with the Reds and David Bell took him out, they lost that game. The bullpen came in, gave up that game. They lost it. I'm Chris Sale. I've struck out 17 of what 21. Are you doing? What are you doing? You pissed? You upset? You upset that you got pulled? I, like I'm uh, telling you, why is Castillo? Why, why does Castillo not have that same? I, I just stepped over top of you and no. said what I think you're thinking, but I don't know what you're thinking. <laughs> Continue. If well, you're Chris Sale, if you're if you're Chris Sale, I I um, write my manager a very gentle letter and say, dear Mr. Francona, I trust you wholeheartedly. I'm going to tell you right now that Terry Fran. I don't know why he's writing the uh, Cleveland Indians or yes, manager said, a letter, a strongly worded <laughs> Sorry, letter, not Terry but Francona. not Terry Francona. Um, anyway, no, seriously, so- <laughs> I'm sure he wasn't. He wasn't happy about being removed, but maybe he understood. Maybe there was whatever reason he was pulled. Look, some there no. there might no. He was pissed. He might. He was pissed. He probably. I was pissed. Was. He better be pissed. Okay, because he's making millions of dollars. He better be pissed because <laughs> I'm pissed. I'm sure, especially after they gave up that lead. Um, I'm sure. I would. He was not I, happy. I wouldn't have been in the dugout anymore. I don't. Well, I I would have had to have left the dugout. I would be in the dugout, and then once that lead was lost, I would have had. To, I ha- I would have had to leave the dugout at that moment in time. To go be frustrated and then come back. I don't know that I'd come back. It depends on if I was able to get over the fact that I mean, it depends on how long the rest of the game went. But if I'm, it, it's going to take me a while to be able to look at at my manager out in the out in the dugout. And I know the dugout's big, and I can go to another side. No, I'm going back. I'm going back behind everything. I'm probably screaming and and not cussing under my breath. I'm cussing out loud mm-hmm. instead of under my breath, like I would if I was in the dugout. I, I have to. I'm Chris Sale's pissed. Grab a bat, find a water cooler, go toss, kind of go be like Chris Sale and go toss in the uh, yeah in the concourse. In the concourse. Yeah. <laughs> um, this was a this was a strange thing. Look, he, uh, but I'm I'm just so impressed with the with his 17 strikeouts in seven innings. He's the first pitcher since Max Scherzer to strike out 17 people. That was 2016. First left-hander with 17 strikeouts since Johan Santana in 2007. Ah, uh, so we're talking 12 years. First Red Sox pitcher to strike out 17 since Pedro Martinez in the year 2000. Wow, good for him. Good for you, Matt Chris Sale. Too bad baseball's losing its touch, getting soft as the NBA. Okay, listen, I want to do something really quickly. Um all these strikeouts. We talked about Castillo. Strikes tons of guys out. Yeah. Talked about Chris Sale. 17 in seven innings. Chris, I want to know if you can name the 10 all-time, the top 10 all-time leaders in strikeouts in baseball. Okay. Top 10 all-time leaders in strikeouts. I'm going to go uh, like Cy Young. Uh, he is not one. No. Okay. How about, uh, obviously, Nolan Ryan. Nolan Ryan is number one. Randy Johnson. Number two. Um, and then let's see, Nolan Ryan, Randy Johnson. What about a guy? I don't know. I'm trying to think of some old cats, mm-hmm. like a Walter Johnson. He is number nine. Okay. Very Walter good. Johnson. Uh, let's go with, how about, I'm good. Uh, how about Pedro Martinez? Pedro Martinez is not in the top 10. He's number 13. Uh, okay. Um, so I've got three so far. So, um, uh, man, you think you'd have Roger Clemens. 
Roger Clemens is number three. All right. So you got uh, that's the top three. Then you'd have to keep going with some old cats that uh, pitched for a long time and started. So, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Too bad we didn't do this early on when we had more people watching live and I could get a few more, uh, a few, <laughs> a few, a few tossed at me. Um, give me, uh, give me, let's see, just give me a, a, a team. Just give me a team. Yep. Um, the number four all-time leader in strikeouts, Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, Carlton. Yep. All right. Yep. Steve Carlton. The number five, um, I most associate him with the Minnesota Twins. He pitched in the Is this a Negro? 80s. No, but. Oh, no. This is uh, Jack Morris. No, Jack, nope. not Jack Morris wouldn't be that. Nope. By the way, Negro was number 11. Oh. Uh, this is. Uh, hold on. This hold guy on, was on, on okay. the Twins World Series championship team in 90 whatever it was nine early 90s you're gonna have to give me this one i'm drawing a blank 91 i think it was who is it just he give had, me that one he has a beard i don't care <laughs> <laughs> uh initials are bb i don't know burt blylevin Burt Blylevin. Burt Blylevin's the number five. I would not have guessed. I Burt would have Blylevin never put him in the top five all-time. That's just the guy who pitched forever. It's the guy who pitched forever, and he thinks he should be in the Hall of Fame because he's because he's top five, and, and he probably should be. Guys. Yeah. All right. So I don't know. Now we're talking about you know guys that pitched forever. I mean, Kurt Schilling's not in there. Kurt Schilling is number fifteen on the all-time strikeout list. All right, um, Andy Pettit pitched forever, but he wasn't a strikeout pitcher. Nope. Uh, let's see, is is a guy like Clayton Kershaw? Uh, where's he at? Clayton Kershaw is on the list at number fifty-four all-time. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's see. All right, give me give me the next guy. Let's go. Number six, min- uh, uh, New York Mets. New York Mets pitcher, seventies uh, and eighties. This is my dad's probably so mad at me right now. He's gonna be mad at you for this one. Uh, let's see here, Catfish Hunter. No, nope. Uh, this guy. This is gonna give it away. After he pitched for the Mets, he also pitched for the Cincinnati Reds. Oh, I thought you said the Yankees. No, Mets. Did I say the Yankees? Oh, the I met, Mets. I'm sorry, I met the Mets. Oh, the Mets. Uh, you're talking about Franco. John Franco? Nope. Nope. Oh. Okay, tell me who it is. Is Tom Seaver? Oh, you <laughs> suck, Tom Seaver. No, uh, what an idiot. This... I'm sorry, I'm a ding-dong. <laughs> this is more difficult when you get put on the spot. I didn't it know is. what this list was going to be. Right. Yeah, we do need to say that this you had no idea what I was gonna do here I like until do, right now, basically. I'm good with that though. What's what what's so how many have we gotten so far? So you have um one through six and then number nine. You have number six and you have number nine, yes. All right, so, so we're got, looking at seven, eight, and ten. Seven, eight, and ten. Give me eight, give me give me years. Like how old are these dudes? Okay, so so the number seven guy he pitched for twenty three seasons, Dodgers, Astros, Brewers, A's, Angels. Jesus criminy. Um, yep. He, uh, let's see, Hall of Fame induction in 98. That he was pitched for a lot of teams. Yeah. He, he was, uh, he's an old fella. Um, How old is he? 
this is not this is not good radio no you're good no i know uh let's go okay so here we go so i'm gonna say uh a's some let's go how about what's that guy's name cross pitch from from 1966 to 1988 jeez oh pete yeah is this a like a gaylord perry or something like that no but gaylord perry's number eight there we go all right hey okay uh and it's not the other necro (laughs) no phil necro's number 11 no um it, this one's going to be really tough. I think this might be the toughest what one. What about on like the a list. Christy Mathewson? Nope. Nope. Christy Mathewson uh, was not in the. Yeah, he's not even in the top 20. Okay. This was Don Sutton. Don Sutton. Wow. So you have. Uh, All okay. but one. We just need number so seven. Number number 10. Or number 10. Number 10. Number 10. Number 10 is. Some Yoho who pitched for 137 years. No. No, not a Yoho. He pitched for 137 years, but. He's not a yo-ho, he's not a hoo-ha, he's not a rum-dum, and he is not a... Ding-dong. Ding-dong. He is... I never said hoo-ha. You keep saying hoo-ha. I'm telling I'm you. I'm not a hoo-ha I'm going to find it. I'm not a hoo-ha guy. <laughs> I didn't I mean, think I love the, I love hoo-ha's, but I'm not, I never use it to <laughs> describe somebody. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm going to find it, and we're going to play it back. Okay. Um, This guy, man, he's uh, definitely one of my favorite pitchers ever. Because you sometimes, like on his birthday and once in a while, you'll see something on Twitter, on like a like a stat about this guy, and you were like, "That is unbelievable." I know that doesn't narrow it down really, but okay, this was a guy that pitched in the '80s and '90s, <laughs> predominantly in the '90s. Okay, probably the best pitcher in the decade of the '90s. Wow! Oh yeah. my gosh, Greg Maddox. Yes. Jeez, old Pete, that was way should have been way easier. And than you don't it was. think of him as really a big strikeout pitcher, no, really. No, but he also pitched for thirty-seven years. He pitched for a long time, and he was so he was he had a good arm to begin his career, and then over time he changed. He developed his pitches so well and spotted them so well yeah. that he did strike out guys because. He he threw maybe an 85-mile-an-hour fastball and struck guys out all the time because yep. the movement on his pitches And location, location, beautiful. location. Yes. There's a story one time David Justice told. David Justice is in left field in, in uh, Atlanta, and, and uh, before they go out into the field in like the fifth or sixth inning, Greg Maddox walks up to David Justice and he says, hey, just uh, right in front of the 304. Just play right in front of that 304, and uh, just put your heels on the put your heels on the uh, on the warning track. Second pitch of the inning, fly ball, David Justice heels on the warning track right in front of the 304. I love that. Greg Maddox looks at him and winks. Because that is, oh my Greg god, Maddox, I have chills. That's I'm so telling you, awesome. Greg Maddox is the Larry Bird. <laughs> I was just thinking he's that he's the Larry Bird of. <laughs> that's so cool. Yes, uh, that's such a cool story. I've actually heard that story before. Once you started telling it, I realized, but uh, I forgot about it. So that's really, really, really fun to listen to. Yeah, <laughs> I. Uh, you know what? It is my goal to. I'm going to spend some time this weekend just looking up Greg Maddox stuff. Oh, you can find stories of it. and stats like that that. God. The Larry Bird, I, I kind of, I'm starting. That's kind of starting to. I like it. You know, he's one of the most dominating pitchers ever. Mm-hmm. Underrated, not underrated, but just like when you looked at him, you're like, that dude is not a great pitcher. Like you look at Larry Bird, and you're like, that dude can't play basketball. And they're talented, but their biggest asset is their brain. Yes, 100. percent 
Chris, swipe left, swipe right. Oh, let's do it. Let's do Washing it. Washing your show. hands. You go soap first. First move is to the soap dispenser. Uh, swipe left. No, I'm. Uh, I gotta get them, get them wet. A little soap. Back to the wet. I'm a wet soap wet. That's kind of like with my toothbrush. When I brush my teeth, uh, get my toothbrush wet, toothpaste on. Back to the wet. Scrub the teeth. What about you? Swipe left, swipe right. Water after you put the toothpaste on. 100% swipe right. Oh, okay, good. I'm I'm so with you on that. Yeah. On both washing hands. And, there you go. It, it's, Amazing. It's, I so, didn't it's so strange to me when I see people in the restroom get done, go over to the sink, Dry hand with some soap. Put your dry hand under the soap dispenser. I am not a fan of that. I am not either. I can't stand that. That's so gross. That's weird to me. That's so weird. Same with the toothbrush then. I I don't know what it is, but I can't get my toothbrush wet, put toothpaste on it, and then think about putting that dry Dry toothpaste. (laughs) I know it sounds weird, but it's dry toothpaste. You got to get that bad boy a little wet first again. You got to get it wet again. Yes. Get, the, get the scrub on. Yes, two wets. Two you wets. Two wets. Two wets both ways. Thank you. Two wets and a dry. Thank you. I'm with you, brother. Gosh, I'm so happy that you said that. Hey, if you're on, if you're, if you're, if you're listening to this and you've made it for an hour and thirty minutes, let us know. Are you swipe left, swipe right on either of those? We both swiped right on. Uh, no, I swiped left. Because I said right. soap first. You right. said soap first. So we agree. Let us know what you think about it. If you're if you're a wet soap wet or a wet uh toothpaste wet or if you're a or, if you, or if you're a wet dry or if you're just a dry wet or wet dry wet, how it goes. Let me know how you do it. If you're wet dry wet, dry wet, or wet dry. I'm pretty sure that's pretty much all you can be, right? Those are the three options you got. Uh, <laughs> wet dry wet, dry wet, or wet dry. I'm going to have to listen back to this and figure out what you're talking about. I feel like the wet dry can only go with toothpaste, though, because in that case, you got to go wet dry wet with soap because you can't get your hands wet, get soap, and then be done. So if you're talking soap, you're either dry wet or you're wet dry wet. Right, because you have to rinse the soap off. You got to get the soap off. Right. Now, if you're toothpaste, you can be wet dry wet. You can be dry wet or wet dry. You know what I feel like I've seen maybe in like... I've never seen somebody put toothpaste on a toothbrush, not getting it wet at all, and then get it wet again. I've never seen that in my life. I've not seen a lot of people brush their teeth, uh-huh. but I've never seen that. That would make me say, that's disgusting. You got to rinse off the <laughs> nasty stuff that when your toothbrush been sitting on the counter for a day. I feel like this is only in television programs because they do certain things that aren't like realistic to like to for the flow, you know? Sure, yeah, yeah. But I feel like I've seen uh, a brush teeth, spit, don't rinse out your mouth, don't rinse off the toothbrush, just throw the toothbrush. Yeah. Like, because that's like you have to do, like, you have to shorten that All right, so task. Be- so before we're done, so after you brush your teeth, uh-huh. how many times do you rinse your mouth out? And then do you drink the last do you, first off are you a cup do you have dixie cup still or are you a hand you you cup at a hand i do hands okay so so i'm a cup hands rinse spit cup hands rinse spit cup hands little little suck down of just a little water for a drink and wow. i'm done now i'm done every time so i definitely don't do that i don't i don't do any drink i don't swallow any because for me it, it's 
there's still some uh, toothpaste residue in there. I'm sp- I'm spitting several times. Oh yeah. But I I I think I go one. Maybe I go two. Maybe I go two. Two hands in there. I'm a two rinser. I'm a two rinse and spit. But I've got to have one more for a little for a little drinky drink. So number one, I don't I can't I don't drink water out of a faucet anymore. Why? That's the most best. That's the best tasting water there is. Unless you're in Florida, why is Florida water always the worst tap water? I would guess that Flint, Michigan has the worst tap water. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, on my way to Florida last year, we stopped outside of Lexington, and I tried to get. A pop. I asked for a Coke Zero, and the lady said, "Sorry, uh, we cannot do Coke Zero. We can't do any pop right now because of the water, whatever that was going on somewhere in Kentucky." So little did I know that means you can't even get a pop, a fountain pop. Uh, yeah, because water is mixed in. Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. Right. That's interesting. Anyway, um, <laughs> besides the point. Best water, uh, cleanest water in America? I'm pretty sure we are in there, aren't we? Hamilton, Ohio. Yeah. Oh, Hamilton, Ohio. Hamilton. I thought it was, so it's not Hamilton County. Nope. Hamilton, Hamilton the city of Hamilton. I'm close enough to Hamilton to where my water's clean. We have pretty decent water, but I. Uh, it, it also still has whatever lead and fluoride and whatever else you ever, you ever so i love tap water like i drink tap i would drink tap water every night i get myself a little cup of tap water sit it there the next morning though that tap water is nasty yeah and all that sediment I'll has bet. gone down and done all, yeah then it's gross but right out of the right out of the faucet i'm down because all the scum rises to the top is that why it is I, don't I can know. drink that whole thing down in the whole drink. Every time I take a drink, I drink it. I just go right back at it. I don't care. <laughs> oh, when you wake up I in gotta the morning? Wet, I gotta wet the wet, or in the middle of the night, I got to wet the whistle sometimes, man. <laughs> a boy like me snore, fat guy like me snore a lot and dry the mouth out. Oh, got to wet the whistle oh, constantly. Man. Poor Aaron, gosh. Uh, poor Aaron. I end up sleeping in somebody else's room. <laughs> I mean, exactly. I, I'm sleeping in every other kid's room because they're in my bed. <laughs> I don't sleep in my own bed anymore. Uh, all right, man. Uh, you got anything else to jump in there with? I'm good. We've, we, we'll have plenty to talk about next week. A lot of NBA again. Uh, we'll have we'll have our triple play uh, baseball deal. We'll we'll do our best to to come up with some good things with that. It'll probably have a little bit of Reds involved. Um, maybe we'll talk a little more <laughs> NBA off season. I doubt it because that eventually is going to start getting on my nerves. Is all I got to listen to is what if, what if, what if, what if, what if. Yeah, what if nothing happens? How about that, Stephen A. Smith? It will never. That will never be the case. Right. That's true. But. Um, yeah, so we'll 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 get into that, and you know what I'm gonna do? I think we should reach back out to uh, Mr. Bobby Nightingale and see if we can get him on because I want to ask him about this. I want to ask him what he thinks about the Reds, so I'm gonna let you uh, be in charge of that. Okay, especially if it continues to go on for the next few days and, and over the next week, we will uh, we will get him on to talk specifically about that. That sounds and, good. Uh, yeah. We'll do it. All right, so we'll definitely get you, we'll get you so, some answers. So so catch us. You can catch Adam on the tweet box at. Adam Schmidt, 44. I'm at Sick With It. Uh, catch us every Wednesday, 1030-ish on Facebook Live. Thursday on all your favorite platforms. You can now catch us on iHeartRadio. On that note, don't forget to turn your headlights on.